You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, folks? This is Michael Bumpus, and you're listening to the Hawk Talk Preview Edition of Week 16. The Seahawks take on the Arizona Cardinals. Like I said, I'm Bumpus. I'm here with my guy, Nasa Chobie. But before we get into it, here is your injury update. Thanks, Michael. The injury report's a rough-looking one for the Seahawks with lots of guys banged up on defense. Pete Carroll stepped to the podium as he does each and every week, and it looks like we're not going to know anything definitively on Jadavion Clowney and Ziggy Ansah until game time. Uh, I can't tell you that. I don't know. We've got to get through the week and see what happens there. Um, they're both going to get work today, and, and we'll just see as we progress and see if it's, the, if it's right for those guys to play. I'm hoping. We'd like, love to get them both back. Um, but I, I can't tell you right now. Michael Kendricks hit the practice field on Wednesday. Bobby Wagner did not. Uh, Quandre Diggs is also a guy we're going to have to wait and see on. So essentially, long story short, the Seahawks have lots of guys on the injury report, and most of them will come down to game time decisions. All right, Michael, like you mentioned, let's hop into the Week 16 opponent, the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, I still can't believe we're talking about Week 16 already. The season <laughs> is flying by. But the Cardinals, they beat up on the Browns 38-24. to Second and goal on the sixth. Three receivers left, two to the right. Murray and shotgun. 31 seconds to go in the half. Murray back to pass. As time floats it, right side, corner of the end zone. And it is caught. Touchdown, Dan Arnold. The Cardinals really like him. They got him off waivers from the Saints. The former undrafted player out of Wisconsin, Platteville, with his first catch as a Cardinal. It's a touchdown. What do you say we go ahead and take the 6-6 tight end, Dan Arnold, We'll put him on the corner route and let him cha-cha it up in the back of the end zone with a little pitter-patter. All right, so that's that's Ron Wolf in the back end of the call. We'll talk to him on the pregame show. One of the better color analysts in the league for the Cardinals. Another quick shout-out, the guy who caught that touchdown pass for the Cardinals is undrafted. i got to show some love to a yes. D3 kid, undrafted out of UW-Platteville, getting in the end zone, so good for you. Got to promote some of those small college athletics. But, Michael, what did we see from the Cardinals last week? What we saw was two Heisman Trophy winners go at it. And Kyler Murray got the best of Baker Mayfield. If I'm Baker Mayfield, I got to feel some type of way about it. You're not oh, having yeah. a season that you thought you'd have. You have all of these weapons. Miles Garrett is gone. You got a rookie head coach who doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing. And then the little brother comes in and he beats you. No, they did a little jersey swap at the end, and it was funny because uh, Kyler walks up. He's like, man, I got bragging rights. I got bragging rights, dog. And he's <laughs> like, man, I hate you. <laughs> The Cardinals snap a six-game losing streak. Cardinals running back Kenyon Drake stole the show, rushing for 137 yards and four touchdowns. This might have been the acquisition of the year for these guys, especially with the way uh, David Johnson has been playing. To pick up Drake and to have him take over, it's been nice for um, for the offense to keep them going. Yeah, no, he has been a, an absolute stud for him, and you feel good for him personally to get a W because before last week he had not won a game this year in the NFL. Played with the Dolphins. And now the six-game losing streak with the Cardinals, but he was definitely getting after it last week. And the Cardinals keep taking time off the clock. Seven and a half to go. They lead by 11, second and one at the 17. They run Drake right side. 15-10-5, fourth touchdown for Kenyon Drake, and maybe puts this game away. 
34-17, midway through the fourth quarter. The Browns could not take even one more flat shovel to the face. <laughs> I love it. I love that dude. The Browns can take one more flat shovel to the face. Can't wait. Can't wait to talk to that guy. Kyler Murray played well, nineteen and twenty-five, two hundred nineteen yards and one touchdown. Also had eight carries for fifty-six yards on the ground. It seems like he's trying his best to keep this team afloat. He's doing it with his legs. He's doing it with his arms. In a few years, I feel like this team will be a little better. Demir Bird led all receivers. With six receptions, 86 yards. The final score was 38-24, to but it was really 38-17 before the Browns scored in late garbage time. Good for the Cardinals. Yeah. But reality is, you're coming up here, and you're going to get smacked. Good good story for <laughs> you guys, but um, that's all I wish for you is for you to beat the Browns. When you come up here, you got to play these 12s, and I think they're going to get it done. Yeah, I hope so, man. I think it was good to see uh, last year we finally snapped the streak of, for whatever reason, the Cardinals' success at CenturyLink Field. Uh, I think we built off that last year and built off the first win uh, earlier this year. That was one of only a couple of victories the Seahawks have had that were more than a one-score game. So hoping to build off on that. Yes, sir. We're going to move into the key matchups. The first matchup, you got to highlight Kyler Murray versus Seahawk defense. Like I mentioned earlier, he's having a pretty good season. 3,279 3, yards, 17 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. And don't forget, he has 504 rushing yards, four touchdowns, and leads the team in rushing. It's not a great thing when your team leads uh your QB leads the team in rushing unless your name is Lamar Jackson yep. <laughs> and you play in that Ravens offense in a spread offense where you want to throw that football around it's not a good sign that your quarterback is leading the team in rushing no it's not and it speaks like you said injuries that position uh Drake came in and's helping a little bit there but uh it kind of it just goes to show you that they're not running the ball they want to, but Kyler Murray is dangerous with his he's dangerous with his feet, he's dangerous with his arm, he's just a playmaker. Yeah, and that five hundred and four yards are coming from scrambles. I don't think mm-hmm. they designed too no. many nope. plays for this guy to run. Um, he's the first QB in Cardinals history with 3,000 pass yards and 500 rushing yards in the season, so good for him, already breaking records. Uh, given the team around him, I would really be impressed. Uh, if I were a Cardinals fan, if I am an Arizona Cardinals fan and you see the future in Kyler Murray, you see the weapons that he has around him, and he's making things happen, um, the future is looking bright for this organization. Yeah, no, I'd be incredibly impressed. I mean, just from, like, when you watch him play, just kind of his demeanor and the way he carries himself and his just composure. Obviously, it's been a really tough season. He's used to being super successful. The man just won the Heisman Trophy, got to the college football playoff last year. So just to see him handle himself as a rookie is definitely encouraging for a Cardinals perspective for us he's he's threat number one he's the one that's most dangerous with the ball in his hand so that'll be the key matchup for the Seahawks so far gotta get after him the next key matchup Larry Fitz and Christian Kirk versus Seahawks secondary Larry Fitz man I was just thinking about it on the walk up here 80s babies are dying in the NFL we're Uh almost we're almost out this thing and guys like Larry Fitz make me happy. He's 36 years old he has 67 receptions 700 yards and three touchdowns He's whooping Father Time's butt right now. Hey, man, Father Time, like I said, is undefeated. Everyone knows that, but he's giving it the best run for his money I've ever seen at, at that position. Also, Chris and Kirk is having himself a nice season with 61 receptions, 649 yards, and three touchdowns. Another weapon to look after. Obviously, we're going to focus on Murray, um, Fitz, Drake, but you cannot sleep on Kirk as well. He can get it done. Yeah, no, Kirk's been – he's put up nice little numbers there, and they don't have – 
Well, on paper, the Cardinals don't look like they have a ton of weapons, but they still have guys that can make plays. And anytime you mix in a Kyler Murray that can make plays with his feet and get out of the pocket or from the pocket, every guy's a weapon on that offense. Yes, sir. Next matchup, Kenyon Drake versus Seahawks front seven. Drake is coming off his best performance after he ran for 137 yards and four touchdowns and snapped his 14-game losing streak. Good for you, good performance, but we got to look after this guy. He has big playability, and he can also catch the football. I think that's mm-hmm. a part of his game that's a little underrated. Yeah, no, he's – I mean, you mentioned the six, seven carries, 417 yards. I mean, he hadn't been getting in the end zone much. Most of the damage was done against the Browns last week, but he's still their best threat. And the Seahawks have played a lot of good running backs that kind of fit that mold, so they're going to have to kind of pick up some of the lessons they learned when they played a Todd Gurley and guys like that to kind of help – as a dual threat, and especially after playing Christian McCaffrey last week, that's a great uh, preparation for this matchup. Great prep. Doesn't get too much better than McCaffrey, man. No, so, sure doesn't. Uh, Drake, you're a baller, but we saw a guy do it last week, so hopefully that prepared this Hawks defense. The next matchup, Seahawks offense versus the Cardinals defense. By the numbers, the Cardinals have the worst defense in the NFL. They give up 413 yards per game. So Russell's going to throw for his, what, 260, maybe 270, and then get that run game going back up to about – 156 to 175, and we should have a nice day. That's what you look at, and it sounds really generic when you say it. Obviously, Seahawks offense versus Cardinals defense, that seems generic, but the numbers when you look at them are overwhelming. I mean, when it comes to pass defense, they're giving up 290 yards through the air, which is also the worst in the NFL. They don't stop the run great. They're giving up 120 rush yards per game. They're 30th in the league in points per game, allowing 28 per game. So just looking at the numbers – and then, Mike Bump, you can talk to this. The Seahawks are pretty good on offense now, right? Yeah, Seahawks are good on offense. You flip it over, they have the fourth-ranked offense in the league, averaging 387 yards per game, and they have the 10th best passing offense averaging 287 yards per game also the Seahawks have the third best rushing attack in their NFL averaging 141 yards per game so what we're saying is the offense should have another day and lead this team to victory I I think so I think you're going to get behind those weapons Um, the Cardinals haven't shown that they can do a great job of in any of the those phases on defense so I would look, like you said, Russell Wilson to have another big day. We mentioned we know Tyler Lockett had a huge game last week. DK's been playing well. So there's a lot of weapons on offense that should have another big week. And Chris Carson, again, over 1,000 yards for the second year in a row. So I'm looking for, I'm looking for some big-time numbers from everyone on offense next week. I wonder what the, what the record is. How many times have the Hawks had consecutive games with opening drives for touchdowns? Not a ton, man, because even uh, the last couple of years before last year, there was a really long stretch where yeah. the Seahawks didn't went like six, seven, or 80 games without scoring a touchdown on the first drive. It's been a lot better of late, but I, if it was ever going to happen two weeks in a row bump, I think this is the week. Let's do it. So now let's look at the NFC playoff picture. I'm looking at this chart right here, Nass, and it makes me happy. You know why it makes me happy now? Why does it make you happy? Because I see the Seahawks on top of the division sitting at 11-3. and three. Right now, have, they have the number one seed. Things have to happen in the, uh, the next couple of weeks. But on paper, these guys are on top at 11-3. The Packers lead their division at 11-3 as well. And the Saints lead their division at 11-3. And then there's the Cowboys at 7-7. Seven seven. <laughs> hey, man, if they win this week, they're in. So I'll just kind of jump into some playoff scenarios. Um, it's a lot of it's locked up in the air. AFC, the Ravens are the AFC North division champs. Chiefs are the West champs. The Patriots clinch playoff berth. Also, the uh, excuse me, the Bills did as well. In the AFC, the Ravens can lock down home field advantage throughout the playoffs with the win this weekend. But what you guys are most concerned about is the NFC, the Seahawks. Right now, as you mentioned, they're the number one seed in the NFC. 
And the reason is because they hold the tiebreaker advantage. They have a tiebreaker over Green Bay based on the best win percentage in common games. They win the tiebreaker over New Orleans based on the best win percentage in conference games. And they have the tiebreaker over the 49ers because they beat them earlier in November. Now, for this week specifically, this Sunday, the Seahawks can't clinch anything. They cannot, even if they win and the 49ers lose, they cannot clinch the NFC West. So it's still going to come down to that showdown against the Rams in week 17. Um, but yeah, man, it gets, <laughs> I could go for days because it gets <laughs> really messy. I mean, if, if there's a loss, I mean, the tiebreakers are head-to-head, then divisional record, then road against uh, record against common opponents, and then strength of victory. Then it, you get down a messy road. Here's the deal. You win two games, you win the NFC West, and you hope things fall your way and you get the one seed. That's that's pretty much all you need to know. Uh, Seahawks fans, they can't clinch the NFC West this weekend, even with a 49ers loss, but they just got to win out. They just got to win their games. If they take care of that on the field, they're not going to have to worry about any of that other stuff. See, folks, this is one of the many reasons why Nats is here, because my brain does not <laughs> work like that. He said all this stuff, you this, then that, then this. I'm like, okay, end of the day, what happened, Nats? Just got to win football <laughs> gotta games. Win games. There we go. He, he'll explain it for you people. I'll just, I'll just sit here and act like I know what he's talking about. All right, so here are the path. Here is the path to victory for the Seattle Seahawks. you got to build off the Carolina game. We saw the offense find his groove. Tyler Lockett got back involved. There were big plays. DK made a big play. Carson rushed for 133. It was just nice to see this offense get in sync. They did it on the road to finish the season 7-1 on the road. Now let's come back home and take care of the house. Uh, you got to... Keep finding Tyler Lockett. He had a great game last week. I knew he was healthy when he caught that football over the shoulder in the middle of the field, and he looked strong. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of weeks, he's been had injuries. He's been sick. So he finally looks like he's getting back into the groove of things. Yeah, no, but you mentioned it right away, like the way he ran his routes. And you can just tell, man, when you – people kind of under, underestimate it. They hear flu. and like, okay, these guys will get over it. That takes over your whole body. I mean, he lost about 10 pounds, he said, post game last week. So he's looking like he's back to where he wants to be. And when Tyler Lockett is at the top of his game between him, there's no better connection than Russell Wilson and Lockett. And when he's firing on all cylinders, our offense is one of the best in the league. Yep, one of the best in the league. Also, I mentioned you got to get Chris Carson a ball coming off a great – uh, game last week, and now I, I like to see a little more ProSize and a little more Homer. We did see ProSize. I believe he had five carries. Homer mm-hmm. had two carries for seven yards. Um, I love Homer, man. We talked about his explosiveness. His explosive got him in a little bit of trouble. He's down there on the line. He wants to boom. I get it. I think now that he's gotten some reps, mm-hmm. he'll slow down a little bit with that first step and kind of take a Chris Carson-type approach, but if he can get into that second, third level, bye-bye. He's gone. Oh, yeah, he's got that breakaway straightaway speed, and it'll be good just to see. We know what Chris can do. We know Chris is a polished guy. You know exactly what you can get from him. It'd be good to see a little bit more from ProSize and Homer just so they can get their confidence up And because at some point this year, your number is going to be called. Don't know when it's going to be, but they're going to need you to make a play. So it would be nice to see them kind of get rolling this week. If the Hawks are up, say, 21 points in the fourth quarter, do you see a Pete Carroll offense taking some starters out and putting guys like Homer in and maybe Malik Turner on the outside? I don't know, man. I think they kind of – if I were to see anything, I think you'd see it at the running back position. I think everyone else will stay, but I think they'll want to get Pro Sice and Homer and those guys going. Another path to victory. you got to contain Kyler Murray. He has a lot of big playability. Don't let him beat you with his legs. That's where things get tricky. That's why this offense is tricky because Russell kind of gives the illusion he's going to beat you with his legs when really he's looking downfield for a Mm -hmm. bomb. This kid, he's looking to take it to the house with his legs. He has the ability to throw the football as well, but he's young, man. He's he's got that young burst to him. If he has an opportunity, um, he's going to try to make a big play. 
got to contain this young man. Last but not least, take care of business and show up and win this ball game. So there's a playoff game in Week 17 against the 49ers at home for the division title. The Hawks, you set yourself up, fought adversity, put yourself in a great position. Now let's seal the deal and do what it is they do. It's been real. It's Michael Bumpus along with my producer, my guy, Nasa Chobie. That's the Hawk Talk Preview Week 16. Have a good one.